the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Monday. Oh my! That's right. The best day of the week because after a phenomenal weekend in which I got to just enjoy some amazing food and friends and fun and glorious San Diego weather, got to recharge my batteries and then come back in and share this time with you guys out there. The best family and friends. Y'all are almost as yummy as the food I got to eat on Thanksgiving. So hopefully you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving and holiday weekend and not sure if you shopped all weekend. If you did, I hope you shopped local on Saturday because that's my favorite way to shop. Today is Cyber Monday, so don't know. Um, I don't shop uh, online. I'm not an online shopper. I'm a brick-and-mortar shopper. I, I, I still got the New Orleans in me. I'm a brick-and-mortar shopper, and I like to shop local. 888-344-1170. We've got a lot to get into with you guys tonight. We've got to talk about China and these protests that are happening. What's the one thing? What What are these China protesters missing? we got to talk about that. I can tell you what's missing from the left in their defense of pedophilia today is character, morals, values. Quite frankly, uh, they're, they're satanic and evil. There's the latest in defense. You, uh, I was thinking today, it's, it's almost as though the left literally, what's trendy today? The assault on children, and in fact, pretty much pedophilia. So we've got to get into those stories with you guys. Fraud Fauci sat for a deposition today. <laughs> How did he go dumb today? And why was he being deposed and why don't we have the details on the depositions, those topics, and so many more? Like like the fact that suddenly daylight savings time is racist. Yeah, y'all heard me. There's those topics and more. 888-344-1170. I would love to hear from you guys. If you've got anything wonderful you want to share about your Thanksgiving, I just love you guys. I love talking to you, hearing uh, about your lives and what's going on with you. Feel free to call and share that. I'm also interested, 888-344-1170, if you've got anything unique. Did anything happen on Thanksgiving? Was politics put aside this year for Thanksgiving or did it get ugly? And what were people talking about at Thanksgiving? And also, if you're shopping, um, if you've got any shopping stories, we've got a sad story here in San Diego. A mom and daughter were run over by a car and and robbed on their way out of a store. Um, 888-344-1170. Before I go in any further, i got to bring in this man. He's my partner every night of the week. It is DJ Potato Skins. I'm still trying to uh, remember how to do this thing called radio. <laughs> I know before the show, <laughs> I said to Skins, we got to do a two hour show tonight. Do we know how to do this? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> and that's another reason for y'all to call in 888-344-1170. If you've got, if you want to be a part of the show, help us, help us um, figure out how to do it. It's almost like 
we you wait people wake up from a coma or maybe they've been wandering around the desert the turkey in, is finally in digested state. yeah uh it, it's digested um we're not going to open the show um with the china protests we actually have an expert a foreign policy expert who's going to be on the show in the bottom half of the hour to talk about the the global and foreign policy implications of this um and and you know i struggled with this because i got to tell y'all i you know um there's been strikes going on and protests for freedom and against a, a rigged election down in Brazil, and nobody's really, you know, been covering it that much. What is a, what is the impact in the United States? As I'm looking at these China, we're, we are going to talk about it tonight, don't get me wrong, but as I'm looking at these China protests going on, they've been going on all, uh, over the weekend. Um, what's new? I thought, well, why would I lead on that? What's new about these protests? We know that they we had freedom fighters in Hong Kong. Was it last year? The first year of the Biden administration? Or I don't even remember now when it was, right? Um, uh, all kinds of freedom fighters that just get beaten in the streets and they get arrested. And this is this is life under communism, what we're seeing. We know that the citizens of China have been locked in their homes, right, during COVID under this under this. Um, COVID policy to where they're not going to have, they're going to eradicate COVID in which uh, everybody over there from Wuhan and beyond understands that you cannot in any way eradicate any kind, any virus, right? I mean, maybe you can erad- eradicate the mumps. Is that a virus? Oh, wait, there's people still getting the mumps in this world. Pick a virus. I haven't heard that it's been eradicated. We're going to talk about it. But but to me, when I look at what's going on in China, and I understand that the Chinese Communist Party is defended and partnered with at, at many different levels of our government, what jumps out at me is how quickly we can become just like those citizens over there in the street. What's the difference? Well, I'll tell you the difference. Right now, supposedly the difference is is that we have elections here. We get to elect our government. That's what's supposed to make us free, right? Compared to communist nations where the elections are basically um the elections are basically, you know, um I don't I don't even know how they work um in China. I don't know, do they have pretend elections? Is it like Venezuela? To where they have these pretend elections and um, but then suddenly, you know, the Maduro's of the world and the um, who was the guy who was the chubby guy that uh, Sean Penn in Venezuela, Sean Penn and all these uh, all these commies on the left went down there talking about the great socialist Venezuela before they started eating dogs in the street. I think it, it wasn't Maduro. It was the guy before Maduro. Um Instead of just talking about the protest over there, I thought it would lead by talking about the fact that are we really any different when our elections don't matter in this country? Whatever the, whatever the mechanism of the elections are over there, do our elections really matter here? Today, Maricopa County, out on the heels of hours of not just citizens coming to, not just citizens coming to speak about their disgust for what happened over in Maricopa County. And what they experienced. It was poll workers. There was a poll worker who came today and talked about how the up to the day before and the evening before the election, up until then, everything worked fine in his polling station. But then the very next day, the very next day on election day, in, the entire polling station was down. There was one guy who talked about towards the end of the day, there was over 600 people in line. But at the end... Only 100 people or so voted. 
These were polling workers. There's a polling worker who said today, I know everything you're hearing is going to be dropped in bin three. This was an African-American woman of color, by the way, who said there will come a day when you sit before a higher judge. She was an election, election worker. It was election worker after election worker testifying today about the fraud that they witnessed, the suppression that they witnessed. And the Maricopa County uh, officials said that um, they, first of all, they, uh, that it was run extremely well. Well, I guess it was run extremely well if you're Katie Hobbs. Of course, it was run extremely well when um, some of the people in charge of it were actually running. Republicans in charge of it were actually involved in a pack in order to stop MAGA candidates. It ran re- really well for them. They got what they wanted. I don't consider run really well people waiting hours and hours and hours in line to get inside and not have their their vote counted to be told to go to another polling station and then not told that because they didn't check out when they got to that next polling station they weren't going to be allowed to vote. I don't think it's going extremely well when they're told well the machine the the machine didn't tabulate your vote so go put it in door number three over there and then later all of those votes were commingled they were supposed to be kept separately because they hadn't been counted and they were commingled with counted votes. It ran really well for the communists in the United States of America. How far away are we from those people protesting in the streets in China? How far away? Do our elections really matter here? Oh, but how can you question the outcome of these elections, Andrea? Because other Republicans run in other areas. Well, isn't that convenient? Isn't that a convenient excuse to justify what happened in Arizona? So they ended up certifying it. They ended up certifying the fraud that took place in this election. And even if you don't believe that one bit of it was intentional, if you're a Democrat and you're okay with what happened in in Maricopa County, you're a fraud. You're no better than the Chinese Communist Party, in my opinion, beating those people in the streets and arresting them for daring to exercise their First Amendment rights. How are, are, hmm, how else are we similar to those people over there in the streets? They're getting arrested for exercising their First Amendment right, right? Thrown in a gulag? Doesn't that sound familiar to what's happening here in the United States of America? We're real similar right now. There's not a whole, there's some daylight, obviously, between us and the communist uh, uh, citizens over there. Not a whole lot. In fact, Fraud Fauci, he praised the way China was handling the COVID. He mentioned that we didn't go far enough at one point in the lockdowns. He would have loved to have seen. He would have absolutely loved to have seen the United States of America be what's going on there. I want to play this clip, though, because I want to stick for the moment on the elections and play this clip that was on uh, Bannon's war room today about how Maricopa County announced the certification secretly behind closed doors. I believe this is Bannon's war room clip four. My producer uh, can pull, if you can go to my getter account and pull the uh, letter. Uh, it's a, it's So overnight, here's like some uh, breaking developments for those that have not been following on getter over the weekend. Uh, the uh, Maricopa County sent a response to the blistering letter of the Attorney General. And Ben, it was kind of like, hey, we don't have time. We don't have interest. We're not going to do any of this. Yeah. I mean, it was in it was in your face. Then, yeah, it, uh, go ahead, Ben. 
Yeah, it was it was basically the same thing as the press conferences. You know, no one asked tough questions. Now they finally got some tough questions asked by the AG. They say, "Oh, you didn't give us enough time." And then they go down through the statutes. Uh, we, you know, we didn't have to have every printer working. I mean, they actually they, they they list the statute and then they go down and say, well, "We didn't have to have every printer working. We didn't disenfranchise people." But I mean, if you actually read the letter, you can you can see it at uh, Gateway Pundit. They have done an article yeah. on it. But Kelly Ward has the letter. If you go to her Twitter account, you can read the whole thing there. It's all over the place now. I mean, it is it is so disrespectful to the voters of Arizona and really yeah. the people of America. Yeah. But again, it, it's it's more the same of what we've come to expect from Bill Gates and this board of supervisors. I put up it was smug, arrogant, condescending, and disenfranchising. Uh, then last night, another lawsuit was filed. Really, with uh, we had the lawyer Son and Claire on last week on the show. It took a lot of what he observed as an RNC legal observer and put it into a lawsuit with other things. From, from a voter, a voter and had a very sophisticated, obviously, law firm draft this up. So people should know, people are bombarding with affidavits. People are bombarding with lawsuits. This thing's just starting now to get heated. So some people are saying it's not over because lawsuits have been filed. It only takes one or two courts, I think, to uh, somehow, I don't know, the legal, the legal process that's, that's going to take place in Arizona um, Carrie Lake has said that it's not over for her. She's not going to let it go. Um, does anybody does anybody have confidence that the courts are going to do the right thing for the elections? There was a judge that w- was uh, a lawsuit was filed uh, by I believe it was Harmeet Dillon in the, in, in, that to ask the the court the um, judge to issue a ruling that the that the ballots uh, the not the ballot the polling stations voting uh, they call them they used to call them polling stations and now because they've narrowed them down to they've taken away all the neighborhood polling stations and turned them into centralized. Um, big centers. I don't even know the terminology anymore. But they asked to keep the voting open for three more hours, and a judge said no. So I don't quite. I don't have any faith in in the court system that they're going to do the right thing here. Did any of the courts do the right thing when during when it was time to do the right thing in the twenty twenty election? No, no. Maricopa County gave a big middle finger to election workers and voters, and let me tell you, it swayed the outcome of the elections. If what I heard today, and I heard new information today on Maricopa County, we've got so much to get into tonight, we don't have time to, to get into it, but if you do the numbers on the percentage of people that were, were disenfranchised, it absolutely, well, obviously, it um, made the difference in the Abe Hamaday race because I think he only supposedly lost by 200 votes. That one scenario alone of at the end of the day, there were 600 and something people in line and only 150 voted. There's your Abe Hamaday race, right? But if you, uh, according to numbers people and analysts, um, in terms of the numbers on the ground, if you just take the percentage of these different centers where there were issues, it clearly made the difference between Kerry Lake winning or losing. And that was by design. Absolutely by design. I have absolutely no faith that anything will change. This is the result. We are now a communist nation. If we, we now, it's one thing to see what happened in 2020. Nothing was done to stop it in these key races. Nothing was done to stop it. We have now, it wasn't just in my opinion, it wasn't just Maricopa County today who certified a fraudulent election openly and publicly in front of everybody and gave us the middle finger. Um, to me, this means that America has been given a middle finger in terms of um, free and fair elections in the United States of America. Maricopa County officials today said it was, it might not have been perfect, but it was safe and secure. Safe and secure for you. What's their identity? Safe and secure. What? Because a bomb didn't go off? Absolutely 
incredible and unacceptable. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to shift, shift gears and talk about uh, fraud Fauci and COVID, which, oh, by the way, is one of the reasons why the main reason why they're protesting in China. Right. Again, another way in which uh, we're similar here is the United States government just is really loving uh, everything that's gone on with China, so much so that they've been really working hard to implement some of their policies on us. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. The uh, protesters in China, the people were walking, uh, this according to uh, Vivian Wu. Uh, Vivian Wu Beijing, she tweeted out today, hashtag Chengdu, people were walking peacefully on streets chanting, we don't want COVID virus test, we want freedom. Would things have been different? Skins, question for you, do you think things would have been different here in the United States if we had been protesting initially saying, we don't want COVID test, we want freedom? Yep. Where were our protests in the streets when fraud Fauci Fraud Fauci pushed, got, got Trump to agree to 14 days to flatten the curve and then continued to push, even after all the lies were found out, continued to push testing on people. You, remember how you couldn't go anywhere without getting tested? Constantly having to be tested. And the tests were crap. And if you got and, and if you tested positive, then you had to keep retesting, retesting and retesting. And of course, every time you had to be retested, you, you, you know, it, before it gets out of your system, it's another positive test, which they used, right, to cook the books because case counts meant caskets, right? That's what Fauci pu- pushed. You couldn't go anywhere without being tested. I couldn't even go recently to be on Dr. Phil without being tested. Are you kidding me? At this point? We still have people, we still have mask mandates happening in this country and they don't work and everybody knows they don't work. The lies that we're told in order to seize control over this country with communistic crackdowns, the damage was, that has been done to this nation economically, fraud Fauci had no data, no experience no credibility, nothing to convince anybody to shut down a $3 trillion economy. And it was all about control. None of it had anything at all to do with the virus. Entire industries have been destroyed. People killing themselves. But they got how many millions and millions and millions of Americans conditioned for the government to be able to tell you whether you could leave your home, go to church. Basically, out of Panic, porn, and fear, they got, the, they got Americans, including conservatives, willing to give up their freedoms. Yeah, you still can't go into most medical offices, Andrea, without wearing a mask. It's required. There are still shot mandates happening across this country, even though the shots are killing people. Flight attendant dropped dead in the middle of the skies. A co-pilot on American Airlines a few days ago dropped dead. The pilot dropped dead, and the co-pilot's like, hey, I think we got to turn the plane around. So fraud Fauci... And one of the ways in which they managed to seize control over the minds of Americans and infect their brains with the notion that, that government can stop them from getting a virus, that it's government's job to stop them from getting a virus, and the government, it's government's job to control every aspect of their lives. One of the ways they got over on this was colluding with big tech. Controlling the, you control the message and you control minds and you can control outcome of the elections, right? People, and they knew, right? 
They knew they were lying to me. You don't. You, why would you have to control the message if you were if your message was true and based on facts, right? So thanks to a couple of AGs, one of which was my man Landry out of Louisiana, they filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration and, and they um, were able to depose Fraud Fauci, who for seven hours today, Jim Hoft from Gateway Pundit was in the room. Um, I don't know if he had to sign some kind of, dis, you know, NDA or whatever in terms of what questions were asked, um, but the, the overwhelming... Um, report coming out of this deposition is that Fauci sat there for seven hours pretending that he had no memory of any of the critical decisions that were made to to, uh, control this nation and destroy it. Anybody believe that he went dumb? Anybody believe he doesn't remember? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm not, and quite frankly, I'm really not that interested in the outcome of this lawsuit if it's not going to result in uh, in in somebody going to jail. I know we the the very people that are trying to control your First Amendment rights, steal your vote from you, lock you in a gulag because you dared exercise your First Amendment rights or believe election was stolen are the same people that want to claim their First Amendment rights, right? Their, their, uh, their ability to control their message, right? Because that's ultimately what it is, right? You, you know, they feel like they've got the right to say whatever they want to say on the topic, even if it's lies. So, so Fauci, Fauci, when the lies are, are, are proven, where they already have been, then they want to claim Right. They want to claim that it's their right to say whatever they want to say, including whether or not it's lies. It's their First Amendment right, their right to speak. I don't know uh, if what questions were asked today. Do you th- is, is the biggest burning question for you, Skins, this uh, information control situation with Fauci? For me, I'm far more interested in a criminal investigation this is a man who claims to be a doctor. He hasn't put a stethoscope on anybody in many years, but he's got a comma MD. He, he, he implemented medical policies that killed Americans. He is a serial killer. I'm less interested because we all know. I mean, if you're an American right now and you actually trust a word that comes out of Fauci's uh, mouth, you're completely ignorant, stupid, you know he's lying and, you, and, and you're in on it because you like the end game of control or, you're, or, or you know the truth about Fauci and you know how they lied to us about coronavirus. How important do you think this story is in terms of accountability here for control of messaging and the collusion with big tech skins, which is to me kind of obvious. Everybody already knows it. Or is it or, or, or could this possibly be a distraction from what the real investigation needs to be, which is what he knew about therapeutics that he was denying protocols he was implementing and controlling in hospitals how he was how he was using taxpayer funds to compensate hospitals to lie about deaths to deny treatments from from patients that worked to force them onto ventilators to force them on remdesivir to force to to uh, to pressure doctors around this country under threat of losing their license that they couldn't prescribe medications that they knew was wor- were working on people. So people at home that could have been made better were on death's door by the time they got to the hospital and then they were and then and and then they were just um finished off 
by his remdesivir and the ventilators. And why? So he could push a shot that he knew wasn't properly tested that was going to make money for him and Big Pharma. I kind of think that's the bigger story for me, Skins. You? Yeah, it's the bigger story for sure. It's all—it's always a distraction, and it's also on the heels of they're always pushing the fear because you read on a couple of the networks and the hey, the next major COVID variant, Andrea, it could be more dangerous. Right, and the thing is, is the Republicans are keep uh, every time I hear somebody say Fauci doesn't want to admit the, the oh oh I heard the other day Tulsi Gabbard she really smoked Fauci talking about the origins of the Wuhan virus. Stop talking about the war, origins of the of the virus, whether or not it was natural. We all know it was man made in a lab. Whether it was leaked intentionally or not, we know the taxpayers paid for it. We know Fauci funded it. I care about the millions of people that have been killed because of his protocols, because of his lies. And it was done intentionally. We're going to take a break. We come back. We are going to talk about and that and 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 would we have all those people have died if we had taken to the streets and refused their testing, refused their masks, refused their shots. Tell them if we had done that on mass, like the Chinese are doing, maybe we could have avoided some of that. We got a foreign policy analyst, Harlan Ullman, who's author of the book The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad: How Massive Attacks on Disruption of Disruption Becoming the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation and the World at Large. Will be with us next. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Um, had a caller call in before the break. I was talking about all the different ways in which Fraud Fauci, who went dumb in his deposition today, and said he didn't remember all these critical communistic crackdowns that he imposed on the people. One person wanted, called in and said they wanted me to share um, that the seniors about one one of the aspects of so of the evilness and how it played out was all the seniors that um, were put back into nursing homes in New York. And actually, it wasn't even just New York. It was states across this country, including that reach Rachel Levine uh, person got um, his family member out of a nursing home before all the rest of them died here to discuss the larger impacts of what's going on in China, uh, as well as something called MAD, the massive attacks of disruption and how that's become the looming existential danger to a divided nation in the world. Um, is Harlan Ullman, and he's a senior advisor to uh, the Atlantic Council, and he joins me now. Hi, Harlan Ullman. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Nice to be back in San Diego. Oh, are you from SD, or you've just? No, I'm a, but I'm an old sailor, and I spent a lot of time in San Diego. Oh, okay. Back in the day, Dennis Connor was a client of mine. Back, remember? Oh, really? Yeah. In fact, back in the day. Yeah. That well, yeah, that was back in the day. Um, right. So, yeah, was it during those times when you were here? Uh, Vietnam. I was uh, training in San Diego to go to Vietnam in the early 60s. Oh, wow. Well, thank you wow. for your, thank you for your service. My dad was a Vietnam vet, so I love uh, Vietnam vets. I love all vets, daughter of two Marines, but thank you. So hopefully you've got some good memories of San Diego beyond MCRD. Um, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into a little bit of your book, I want to get your reaction. You're a foreign policy 
uh, expert. Um, you know, everybody's talking today about these about the implications for foreign policy yep. from these protests in China. And is Xi Jinping, can Xi Jinping be overthrown? And is this a coup happening? And one of the things yep. I, I haven't pointed out yet is what's missing for these Chinese protesters is the ability to launch a coup. They don't really have the Second Amendment, which is really the only thing that's stopping our government from taking us over. Um, <laughs> but your thoughts on all of that, Harlan? Uh, in my book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger, I've got three chapters on Russia and China, President Xi and President Putin. And in fact, in my columns on the Hill last week, this week and next week, I'm talking about the greatest dangers that President Biden, Xi and Putin face. And they're all domestic. And what's happened in China, and quite frankly, we don't fully understand China. These riots are not new. The function of the Communist Party of China is to promote stability. Stability means no revolutions. And every year there are about 100,000 major riots and civil disobedience because of all the problems in China. This is not new. But what President Xi has done in China, which could be his ultimate downfall, not that there's going to be a revolution, but there could be a change in leadership, is to impose what I call a reverse Gorbachev. If you recall, when Gorbachev became the general secretary, that is the head of the Soviet Union in 1985, he knew the system was so brittle that it couldn't work unless there was profound change. And so that's what he did. He imposed perestroika and glasnost, Mm -hmm. restructuring and openness. And it destroyed the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union could not tolerate sunshine, truth and fact. Now, she has done the opposite. He's done a reverse Gorbachev. He's imposing greater controls and has done that. He's gotten a third term as president. And what he is doing is choking off the entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. and the economic vibrancy of the Chinese economy, which is crucial to maintaining strong economic growth to be able to provide for the half a billion people who are in the underclasses better standards of living. So I think inadvertently he's opened the floodgates. Uh, These riots are just a suggestion of what he's done by closing down society because of COVID. But I would argue we have misunderstood the danger from China, which is not an armed invasion of Taiwan, because the Chinese military probably will never have that capability. Remember, at Normandy in 1944, we sent ashore 200,000 troops the first day and 6,000 ships and vessels to do that. China will not have that capability. But what China may face is some kind of an internal implosion because the society has been shut down not only over COVID, but in terms of its entrepreneurial spirit. And I think people have to realize that. And I'm not sure enough people in the West and certainly in the United States understand what President Xi is doing in China and how best we can deal with that. Well, no, um, I, I, you know, I'm not a foreign policy expert, but it certainly looks to me as though um, there's not a, it has not been any real understanding of China. It's it's a complex country, complex culture. Um, the system is one that's envied over there um, by many Americans. And um, it seems as though the only one willing to address and try to realign some things, at least economically, was Donald Trump. 
Um, He got it entirely wrong. Oh, how did he get it wrong? And by the way, let me let our listeners know we're talking to Harlan Ullman. He's author of the new book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation and the World at Large. Uh, How did Trump get it wrong? Very simple. Trump believed that because we had a balance of payment differential with China, which was $400 billion to their benefit, that this had to be corrected. He felt that it was unfair. But if he had gone and listened to his economics classes at Wharton School, um, he would have understood that there are two parts of accounting. There's a current account, which is balance of payments, and capital account. And in the capital account, the Chinese have about a $4 trillion investment in the United States. They have been paying for our deficit. And quite frankly, the tariffs and the Chinese have retaliated. Who is paying for those tariffs? The American consumer. Mm -hmm. And it probably has contributed to inflation by some percentage, obviously not enough to generate the current inflation. But that was a huge mistake because the Trump administration simply did not understand accounting. Having said that, one of the things we need to do is not to label China an enemy because I challenge people, what is the danger of China? okay, it's a closed society. We can deal with that. We dealt with the Soviet Union. We dealt with Nazi Germany. They're not going to invade Taiwan. They've got other needs. If they want to go out and Belt and Road initiatives and spend all their money in the third and fourth worlds, they should be able to do that. Well, I think, well, let me interject while we've got time. I think think many people would say the threat of China is, for example, in the Obama administration, in which they basically backed up a bunch of semis to, I think it was the General Accounting Office and stole the identities of 40,000 employees and nothing sure. was done. That was kind of a problem. Um, it's, they're, they're seeking to, to change our culture from within. Um, we've got Chinese police stations across the country. We've allowed the Chinese Communist Party to buy up our farmland, to buy up our country. And these are not people that share, uh, our, you know, founders in terms of a system of government. I um, Who yeah. that? Well, That's I, not, look. China is trying to steal our stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But so are the French and the Israelis. The fact that we have bad cyber hygiene, you can't blame on the Chinese. It is obvious. I mean, if you want to have, uh, you put money in a bank because the bank is is, is well protected, you hope. The same thing is true of our intellectual property. And if we're stupid enough, and it's not just the Chinese, the Russians are far better at it than the Chinese, as are many other countries. And so, we should understand that China has been out for a long time to get ahead by stealing or being able to get information from other countries. That's ABC. But you don't leave your door open at night if you live in a, in a, in a bad neighborhood. Well, so uh, well, right. I mean, right. Sure. I mean, that. so the fact that we let it happen doesn't mean they're not a threat. So they are a threat. We just didn't deal with the threat properly. So to, so we're kind of in agreement. For, I, I, where I'm disagreeing is to say that they're not a threat as though they're just they're only focused on third world countries. I don't agree with. Um, but I do oh, agree. Really I do agree with the fact that we have not treated this threat with any seriousness. I mean, there's no way in the world. I guess the cat's out of the bag. But for example, 
You know, there's, you know, it just, it just even our government has not only not done anything to deal with the threat. The Obama administration didn't care that China stole all those identities because at the time, Joe Biden. Before it, or the Clinton. Oh, don't even get me started on W. Don't. There is no daylight whatsoever between George W. Bush and Barack Obama and their policies. Ugh. Ugh. Um, yeah. My point. My point is clear. If yeah. we had better understanding, look. In fact, if you take a look at, at China's venture capital uh, markets, they are far more malicious and dangerous in terms of how they steal and try to destroy each other. I mean, it's quite amazing. It's called the Colosseum, going back to Rome. Mm-hmm. This is what the Chinese are doing in their venture capital areas. And we should understand that they're going to translate that and take that abroad. I've been warning for this for a long time. Well, let's uh, quickly, while well, I've got... It's the reality. Yeah, I want to move from China real quickly because I want to explore sure. a little bit the massive attacks of disruption, sure. which is, you know, you say is a bigger threat uh, than right. nation states. And in two minutes, you include some examples as the COVID-19 pandemic, Jan 6 insurrection, etc. In the two minutes we have left, explain what uh, MAD is and why that's the greatest threat and how we stop it. Uh, Man, is massive attacks of disruption. I have seven. The greatest disruptor is failed in failing government, irrespective of what party is in, in charge. You've got climate change, you've got cyber, you've got social media, you've got debt, you've got uh, terrorism and drones. And what's happened is as societies become more advanced, Andrea, they become far more vulnerable to disruption. Supposing you lose access to your cell phone or your bank account or to electricity or to water. All these things make life very difficult, whether they're acts of man or acts of nature. These acts of disruption are going on. Ukraine is the greatest example of this right now, what the Russians are doing to disrupt Ukraine. But not only that, by cutting off food supplies, they're creating starvation throughout a good part of the world. We are totally unprepared to deal with disruption, whether acts of man or of nature. Our infrastructure is vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Our electrical power grid is vulnerable. Why are we not fixing this? What are our plans for COVID 2021-22? In my book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, I say we should approach this. This is not rocket science. It's common sense. We have to keep the country safe, secure, and prosperous. And to do that, we have to understand that these attacks of disruption are threatening us, and we can deal with them very, very sensibly. Well, I'd be no curious. I'd be. I, yeah, I've got to. I've got to interject because I've only got a minute left. I'd be curious about anybody's. Uh, what, to me. Um, the problem with the disruption of COVID was the government's reaction to it and their COVID crackdowns in which they killed people with their communist takeover. And they, they would have loved to have gone as far as China did on us. And the reality is, is they killed more people with the reaction to it and it, it, it not just flat out killed people with their COVID protocols and denial of therapeutics, et cetera, and now with the shots, but also killed people indirectly with the shutdowns. So I think it, I, I agree that mass, that, um, massive attacks of disruption are a problem, but typically it's the government's involvement in the mass disruption that's the problem, is how I see it. The number one disruptor is failed and failing government. Yeah, that's That's the the number one. And I go into the book about how we fix both branches of government, which are still designed as they were in 1789. 
we have to revise them for the 21st century. Well, how would we revise our government? I mean, we, the, the problem that, really that I simple. see it is that really we got simple. too much government. We got too big government. Government's I only think- role for me is, is to the red, keep the red lights and the green lights in sync and secure our border and defend us against, you know, states that want to come in, not, to, not try to con- keep me from catching a virus. I'll give you a very simple answer. There is no chief operating officer to run the government. You have a cabinet system of equals, mm-hmm. and we don't coordinate that well. Now, one of the proposals in my book is to have a chief operating officer, and the person to fill that role should be a competent vice president. Now, I will say two of the most frightening words of the English language, Kamala Harris, okay? Kamala Harris would not make the chief operating officer. But if you have a vice president who is competent, that's the only person in the Constitution who is empowered in both branches of government. The vice president is president of the Senate and also in line to succeed the president in the executive branch. And so by drawing on that, you now have somebody who can execute the policies of the president. But who does that right now? Who adjudicates? The president, quite frankly, is too busy. He's head of state, head of government, head of party, and leader of the nation. And it's not the president's job to get down in the details. That's why I think one of the many recommendations I made is for a chief operating officer. Well, that's something that I'm going to ponder. I'm not going to say no to right now. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to read the book, and I'm going to ponder that idea. I will tell you at first blush, that's a no for me, dog. Um, because I, I, because I think our founders were geniuses with the way they set up our government in the, in the, and to me, the solution is to restore it to the found, to, to the way our founders envisioned it, not try to, you know, change it. But I, but I will tell you this and then I got to let you go. Harlan Allman, I appreciate you being here tonight. You've piqued my curiosity and, and I like new ideas. And so, um, I don't reject them out hand. I want to explore them further. So I'm going to read the book and, and, and I'm, I'm curious to read more. The book is the fifth horseman in the new mad how massive attacks of disruption became the looming existential danger to a divided nation and the world at large. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And good to be in San Diego, even uh, virtually. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, you guys stay Thanks, tuned. Sarah. Thank you. Take care. You guys stay tuned. We got more to talk about. In fact, I want to hear from you. What do you guys think about that? A VP is the COO of the nation, 888-344-1170. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. We know that y'all, some of y'all have been calling and the timing wasn't right for us to get to your calls because we have the guest on there. And so, but we appreciate your calling, 888-344-1170. Um, just, um, I just read something so fun and I had to share this with you guys. I might need to return Military Monday do a return to that feature a little a little like quick biography of somebody from the military because check this story skins you're going to love this do you know who donnie dunnigan was uh according to this uh he was the youngest u.s marine drill instructor you know i love the marines he served three tours in vietnam and was wounded several times retiring as a major in 1977 Throughout his career, he managed to keep secret that he had been the voice of Bambi in the 1942 Disney film. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? I mean, have you ever seen these drill instructors? I mean, they are bad. They're not Bambi. They are bad dudes, right? And this guy, while doing it and being a Vietnam vet, dude had been the voice of Bambi. I'm trying to remember the voice of Bambi. 
I might have to listen to a clip. It's but pretty soft spoken. It was it, pretty. It's not so- what you think of when you think drill instructor. I know. So I love. What do you guys think? Should we go back to doing, um, you know, some military Monday segments? It doesn't have to be like a full segment. Just maybe, you know, just highlight a little something like this. Highlight, you know, our military heroes given the sacrifice for our country. There's many fascinating individuals. Okay, stay with us. We got another hour. How is how did pedophilia become so trendy to the left? We're going to talk about that and more. So stay with us. Another hour of the Andrea K Show. On its way. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.